It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Alaskans can now apply for their 2024 permanent fund dividends after the filing period opened on New Year's Day. Eligible Alaskans can apply online at pfd.alaska.gov. Paper applications can also be downloaded and are available at distribution centers statewide. To qualify, you must have been an Alaska resident for all of calendar year 2023. You can't have been imprisoned or sentenced on felony charges during the year, and leaving Alaska for 180 days or more will also disqualify you for this year's PFD. How much Alaskans will receive this year is still up in the air. Governor Mike Dunleavy's proposed budget for the year would pay out more than $3,000 to qualified residents following a decades-old formula in state statute. However, the Alaska legislature hasn't followed that formula since 2016 while trying to balance paying out dividends with paying for state services. Consequently, the 2024 dividend amount will again likely be less than the governor's proposal. Alaska's have until March 31st at 11.59 p.m. to file for this year's PFD. More than 100 people spent the first day of 2024 splashing into the frigid waters of Auk Bay as part of Juneau's 33rd annual polar bear dip. KTOO's Clarice Larson stopped by to chat with those who braved the cold. Five-year-old Axel Bowling didn't have much to say after plunging in Juno's icy cold ocean water on Monday afternoon. It was really cold. I'm just cold. But for his mom, Amanda Triplett, running into the water with her son, alongside dozens of other people, signified the start of a new chapter. It is cold, that initial shock, but you come out afterwards, everyone's kind of smiling and bundled up, and yeah, it's really fun to come out and be here with the Juno community. More than 100 people spent the first afternoon of the new year partaking in the polar bear dip, a three-decade-long New Year's tradition in Juno. The countdown began under cloudy skies with the temperatures in the mid-30s. At 1 p.m. sharp, the crowd of brave souls crashed into the waters of Auk Bay. For most, it was a mad scramble in and then back to one of the handful of fires scattered across the rocky beach. That was the case for high school sophomore Miranda Stickert and her friends, who were the only three people who showed up out of their entire cross-country team. They said they didn't mind because so many other people showed up. It's so hype that everyone's here. A few people managed to wade in the waters for a bit longer. Half a dozen Capital City Fire rescue swimmers were there alongside them in case of emergency. Pete Boyd says the rescue suits aren't the warmest to wear in the chilly waters, but he says it's important to be there in case anything goes wrong and to support the community. It's just really nice to get out with and show that CCFR is part of the community, that we're here to help out everybody. Boyd says there were no reported injuries or emergencies at the dip on Monday. In Juneau, I'm Clarice Larson. After Wrangell's deadly landslide in November, search and rescue teams worked around the clock for days looking through debris for six missing people. Ultimately, five were found dead and the last person has not been found. For searchers, it's exhausting and tireless work. There were, however, a few members of the team that raised morale, even if just a bit. Alaska Public Media's Rachel Cassandra spoke with Wrangell's search and rescue team to find out more. Speak. Speak. Good boy. That's Steve Prasanka giving commands to search and rescue dog Cody. Oh, yeah, she get a biscuit for that, I think. There you go, Cody. 
Cody is one of six specially trained dogs that are part of Wrangell Fire Department Search and Rescue, or SAR, team. These dogs are kind of part of the team. They're, they're worker bees. And a month ago, the dogs faced one of the harder jobs they've done. They took shifts, working in the aftermath of Wrangell's deadly November landslide. They looked for the six people who were missing. This landslide was really exhausting for the dogs. There was just plowing through that mud and that muck was pretty, pretty tough on them. The dogs were joined by dog teammates from Sitka and Juno. Prasanka says in this search, dogs were mostly used to find out if the human search and rescue workers were looking in the right spots. The landslide caused extensive damage, so the team was sorting through huge debris like piles of uprooted trees. A crew of searchers would identify a spot that they felt was interesting and a dog would be brought in to verify whether there was a target there or not. In the end, the team found all the bodies except one. They searched for 12-year-old Derek Heller for 15 days before ending the search. Prasanka says working with dogs can save a lot of time, and he says it can really make a difference in how the work feels for the search team. The dogs, when they verify what the searchers are doing, it buoys their spirits to keep pushing on, because otherwise you don't know if you're making any headway. So we kind of were, in some ways, cheerleaders to the heroic work of the ground searchers who just kept digging and digging and digging. Wrangell Fire Chief Tim Bunis is responsible for leading the search and rescue team under the state troopers. He says the team being part of a 2,000-person small town made this search really tough. For us, it was a very long, difficult search. You know, most of the searchers knew at least one or more of the family members that were that were lost that we were looking for. So it just kind of throws a different little wrench in it that, uh, you know, the personal side of it that, you know, really makes it difficult. But he says having dogs on the team made the search more efficient. They are able to track by scent or by air. They're very useful in the search where we're in a smaller area like that to get us honed in on the area that we need to be, be working in. And that efficiency can mean a lot. Dog handler Prasanka says having dogs embedded in a town search and rescue team means dogs can get out to search much earlier. So if you're waiting for dogs to fly in from somewhere else, that can take a while and the dog arrives and it's been flying and it's off its game a little bit and the handler doesn't know the terrain like you know the terrain. And so to have embedded teams, I think, is absolutely crucial. And in the urgency of a search and rescue, that difference in time could mean life or death for whoever is missing. We're seeing more and more searches involve elders, for example, who maybe have some type of cognitive impairment. And in the Alaskan climate, hours can make a difference. Prasanka says when he works on search and rescue, he uses a technique his wife, a doctor, taught him to help him get through emotionally. This is somebody else's tragedy and I'm a helper. And I'm not helpful if I make it my tragedy. But he says he finds it hard to let go when the SAR team can't find someone. We had a search once. I searched on my own for another six months, walking back roads, looking for the person that was lost with my dogs. I have a hard time turning off. I don't like not finding who I'm looking for. And I know everybody on the team feels the same way. The whole SAR group feels the same way. He says he doesn't know if he'll ever stop thinking about it all. But he says working with his dogs helps keep him present. You can't be all depressed around your dogs. They need you to, to lead them, so. 
Prasenka says he's trying to focus on the next training he and his dogs will do. Reporting in Wrangell, with Colette Zarnicki, I'm Rachel Cassandra. State economists are predicting modest job growth in 2024. In a new report released Tuesday by the state labor department, officials anticipate Alaska employers will add some 5,400 jobs in the coming year, about 2% more than last year. After substantial job losses in 2020, Alaskan employment was expected to be somewhat stronger. Labor Department economist Karina Wiebold says the slightly weaker forecast for the year to come reflects larger trends. Really, the story here is that we're out of the COVID recovery big picture, and we're moving into this new phase where we're going to be absorbing this infrastructure money that's been coming from the federal government as part of the Infrastructure Act and also the Inflation Reduction Act. And so those dollars we expect to start hitting the pavement this year, and that's going to be one of our primary drivers for growth this coming year. Construction is expected to add more than 1,000 jobs, an increase of almost 7 percent. Employment in the mining and the oil industry is another bright spot in the forecast, also predicted to grow by about 1,000 jobs. Economists point to a new gold mine near Toke set to begin production this year and preliminary work expected on the Willow and Pika oil fields. But Weebold says, as with any forecast, there's a lot up in the air. An unexpected national or international recession could put a damper on tourism numbers. Delays on infrastructure projects could push back construction hiring. But the biggest headwind, Weebold says, is inability of employers to fill positions. There are twice as many job openings as unemployed people in the state. If we don't have the people to fill those jobs, then those jobs, in essence, haven't been created. So that's really kind of the wild card is, are there going to be the people to fill the jobs in the places and at the times that we need them? She says a large portion of the state's population is aging into retirement. Additionally, more working-age people are leaving the state than moving in, especially young families in their 20s and 30s. And Weebold says even industries like fish processing and tourism that tend to import their workers from out of state could find themselves struggling to hire. If we can't draw some of those out-of-state workers up here this year because they have opportunities uh, closer to home or perhaps that pay more, then we could be struggling to fill jobs in industries that regularly uh, rely on that out-of-state workforce. She says that's one reason that jobs in leisure and hospitality are forecast to grow below 2 percent, despite cruise ship visitor numbers forecast to reach or exceed last year's records. State employment numbers exclude people who are self-employed, farm workers, domestic workers, unpaid family workers, uniformed military members, and most commercial fishermen. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.